The youth group has been studying the verses Matthew chapter 5, one through, verses 1 through 12, and Psalm 15 in the last few weeks, discussing what qualities make someone a good follower of God. I believe that finding something that you are good at or enjoy is an essential element of following God. If you add your own spark to what you do in life, then you have added your own love to the world, and that is following God. Using the gifts that God gave you is honoring God. There isn't enough time in the world to do everything, so we have to choose carefully to spend our time working on the things that we can contribute to the world. As a little child, sometimes I would sit and think about how, God, how people talked about following God and how our Bible talks about finding God's love. I had an experience last summer that illustrates how we follow and find God's love. I traveled to a small island off the western coast of Scotland with my parents and my cousin Abby. Some of you may have been there too. Um, the, the tiny island is called Iona, and it was the place where an Irish monk called St. Columba established a Christian monastery 1,600 years ago. Since that time, people have been going there to find God on that wild, rocky island on the eastern edge of the Atlantic Ocean. There is a small sheltered cove on the western side of the island where St. Columba is said to have landed the tiny boat that carried him there from Ireland. It is known as St. Columbus Bay. Last summer, my parents and I set out across the island to find St. Columbus Bay. We walked carefully around the scattered sheep grazing in the open meadow next to the cove. The beach is entirely covered with stones, from tiny pebbles to basketball-sized rocks and boulders, all rounded and smoothed from the pounding of the waves. But that day, the sea was smooth, almost as clear as glass. We had brought a picnic lunch to share on the stone beach. As we explored the beach, my eye was drawn to a rock about the size of a loaf of bread. It was propped against another rock, catching the light of the high summer sun, casting a beautiful glow. Finding this rock reminded me of how we as people choose to follow God. When I first saw the rock, I felt drawn to it, to look at it, touch it, and hold it. It spoke to me as if it was calling out and saying, hello, you over there, come here. I carried all eight pounds of that rock across the island and across Scotland and home with me as a reminder of the special encounter with God, who calls us by name, catches our attention, and invites us to follow God. God speaks to us personally, calling out to us, inviting us to notice the things that are especially important to us, using the gifts and skills we have to share God's love in the world. So how is God calling to you? Where are you invited to share God's love with the people who call out to you and want to be noticed? Use your gifts and let your love shine there, and you will be following God. 
It's the beginning of January, and like most days in Rochester, it's cold. Snowflakes gracefully flutter through the night sky. Just as they reach the ground, the whistling wind whips them into the air in a swirling frenzy. As the icy winds howl outside, I'm running down the halls of the first floor of the education building in Third Church, my feet jingling with every step I take. My fellow wood elves and I are quickly scolded by one of the ladies-in-waiting, so we decide to take our antics to the celebration center. Dressed in our black tights, green tunics, and pointy hats, we all skip through the hordes of Third Church members dressed in ornate gowns and costumes. We're nervous, but excited for our upcoming performance. After all, we are the stars of the show. <laughs> then we thought of all the cookies we were going to eat, and that got us pretty pumped. Flash forward to November of 2010. I'm standing outside of Third Church on another cold, rainy Rochester morning. I'm dressed in blue leggings, bright yellow rain boots, a purple raincoat, and a shirt that says grocery run on it. I'm lining up on the starting line, ready to crush the one-mile race. As soon as the whistle sounds, I start sprinting. However, having very poor endurance and absolutely no running experience, I quickly fall behind. The runners are up ahead of everyone, the walkers are behind everyone taking their time, and I'm right in between the two groups with my bright, shiny yellow boots. Suddenly, the walkers are gaining on me, so I decide to pick up the pace. <laughs> After I finished the race, I was exhausted and hungry. I remember practically inhaling the empanadas at the hospitality tent. Looking back on another, on another memory, it's the end of the summer. I'm running through the woods, the tall trees that reach up to the heavens pass by me in a blur. We're in the middle of the most rigorous and intense task ever set in human history. Boys versus girls, capture the flag. <laughs> I was just spotted sneaking onto the boys' side of Camp Cory, and now I have to make a mad dash back to the girls' side before I get tagged. As we've learned, I'm not a very gifted runner, but there was no way I was going to let them catch me. I felt the adrenaline pumping through my veins and sweat running down my face. I just barely made it safely back to my side of the camp. Out of all the memories I have of Third Church, my favorites are always of Christmas Eve. When I was younger, I remember the excitement of singing in the junior choir and knowing Santa was going to leave me some awesome presents in my stocking. But no matter how old I get, there is always one moment on Christmas Eve that I cherish above all others when the lights dim and the sanctuary is illuminated by the soft glow of hundreds of small candles and the gentle sound of everyone singing Silent Night fills the church. In that moment, I always remember how much I was loved by my family, my friends, and the members of Third Church. No matter what outside stress or anxiety I had, in that moment, all those feelings melted away and a voice inside my head told me everything was going to be okay. Third Church was always a place where I felt safe and loved. It was an open and accepting community where I could express my true self. However, many people around the world do not have this same privilege. In fact, many do not have a place to call home. At our southern border, at this very instant, thousands fleeing persecution and extortion in their own countries are not being given the safety and refuge they need and deserve. Asylum is the protection granted by one nation to someone who has left their native country as a political refugee and is a vital program for those escaping the threats of violence, kidnapping, and thievery they experience in their home countries. 
Currently, instead of allowing asylum seekers to wait for their claims to be processed in the U.S., they are now forced to remain in Mexico in camps with deplorable conditions, no access to education, and very little access to medical care. Keeping these people waiting at the border for extended periods of time puts them in the same kind of danger they were trying to escape. Thievery and acts of violence against these asylum seekers are terribly common. There have also been new limits placed on how many claims can be processed in a day, meaning those seeking asylum have to wait for months before their claim even has the possibility to be considered. These people don't want to claim asylum. They are forced to. And these policies are making the process of entering the country near impossible. These people look towards democratic countries for a place of refuge, a place to make new roots on friendly soil. We must open our hearts and respond to this issue from a place of love and understanding. Jesus said, blessed are the merciful, yet our country struggles to give these people a chance to claim safety. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, yet after these people who have encountered hardship after hardship with no relief, making a perilous journey, putting themselves and their families in danger, they are forced to remain helpless before they have the slightest chance of refuge. I was given the chance to speak in front of you, and I wanted to talk about an issue I felt spoke to me. And I believe this is a human issue that goes beyond politics. This place has always been a safe haven for me, and I believe no matter who you are, everyone deserves that. While I understand it may be hard to see how any of us can make an impact in this issue, I'll leave you with this. Whether we like to admit it or not, we all have biases. There will always be people who look different than us, who act different than us, who speak different languages, and come from drastically different backgrounds than our own, of whom we have prejudice against. I ask you to simply think about this and attempt to try to understand how you can love and respect those who are different than ourselves. Give aid to those in need and stand up for those who cannot stand up for themselves. Thank you for allowing me to speak to you and thank you for the memories and community you gave me. Blessed are those who fight for climate change. Blessed are those with creative minds. Blessed are those who are teased for trying to help. Blessed are the kids who are raised without hope. Blessed are those who struggle to overcome addiction and guilt for their past mistakes. Blessed are the kids who are given up on. Blessed are those who are struggling with their identity. Blessed are those who feel lost and can't express themselves. Blessed are those who are being bullied. Blessed are those who have family problems. Blessed are the kids who have been abandoned. Blessed are the kids in poverty, including the homeless. Blessed are those who deal with abuse and neglect. Blessed are those who can't accept themselves because of body insecurities. 